0: Hello and welcome to Beauty and the Gee podcast, the podcast all about grappling and life from the female perspective. I'm Jen Eads, a white belt full of
1: curiosity and questions about all things BJJ. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple belt obsessed with BJJ.
0: And this is a very special episode because this is Number one, it's our longest podcast ever. Yes, it is. I hope you enjoy it. It might take you two trips to work. (laughs) (laughs) So this is our longest podcast ever. We were so excited because we get to co-podcast with our friends from BJJ Campaign Podcast.
1: And just to kind of let you guys know, um, I met Phil and Jeff at the Origin Immersion Camp last year, and they asked if uh, James and I would adopt them. <laughs> so we joke a lot uh, in the podcast about them being uh, my children. Um, neither one of them are young enough to be my child, but I gladly accept them. <laughs>
0: They're good guys. I'm They're glad. Great. I love. So them. So glad we did this. So enjoy our co-podcast with Jeff and Phil from BJJ Campaign.
2: Welcome to episode 37 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3
3: Blue Belt, two stripes. And this is Phil Kors, A2 Blue Belt, one stripe.
1: And I'm AJ Klingerman, W2 Purple Belt,
0: one stripe. And I'm Jen Eads, W3 White Belt, one stripe.
2: Yes, one strike and one competition under your belt now, I understand, you. That's right. Excellent. We'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, for the listeners out there, we're going to do a co-podcast with this episode. Very excited about it. Uh, yes. So we had some, just as a little backdrop for the conversation, is that we had some of uh, the newer and um, some of the other elder statesmen women in uh, where we train at say, hey, Jeff, hey, Phil, when are you guys going to do an episode on training with women? And quite honestly, um, I don't really think about gender-based training. So I, I think about whenever I'm, I'm sparring or whenever I'm doing a fundamentals class with someone, I think about the appropriate level of resistance and strength that I should be using according to that person's weight, not according to their gender. Um, and, and I think that's just maybe because I'm a, uh, I'm older you know, I, I've, uh, you know, trained in other things uh, like wrestling with women. And, and it it's really has never been a hang up for me. And I don't think so for Phil either. Um, but so that that's kind of where we were coming from with this podcast. And we thought, who better than to have the two hosts of Beauty and the Gee to come on the podcast and, uh, and really um, kind of try to explore that with us. And maybe actually i know that we're going to learn a lot from this podcast today.
1: Yeah, i think it'll be good. And i think it's good for, you know, our listeners too to be able to kind of hear um the male perspective of what it's like rolling with women sometimes. So, and i like hearing from you that you feel like you don't have any difference, you know, like that it's more about the role not the person.
3: Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, i mean i specifically remember rolling with AJ at the origin camp and getting beat up
1: So I was, I was pretty hurt at origin camp. Um, so kind of my, my thing was like, I, I have to kind of dominate to protect myself. Otherwise, you know, if I let myself get in bad positions, then I'm going to end up getting injured more. So. It's kind of the mentality I had to take (laughs) (laughs) nicely at the
2: time. He was really not that good at (laughs) jujitsu. He's gotten a lot better, by the way.
1: I should hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it's been, it's been almost a year. You should hope you improve in that time.
3: (laughs) All right. So we had a couple questions from people, but I guess before getting into the actual training stuff, maybe it would make sense kind of talking about how partnering up happens in a class. One, partner that we have in particular has noticed if there's like two women or four women in the line before the class starts that none of the guys seem to come up to approach her to train and just assume that they want to train with the other woman. Uh, do you have a preference? Do most women seem to have a preference? And how do you kind of handle that situation? Yeah, Jen, I'll let you go first.
1: Okay.
0: I don't really have a preference, I don't think. I mean, if there are women there, Valerie was there this morning. I was there. So we partnered up. But I don't think it was you just grab somebody. At least that's kind of how I look at it, unless maybe it's closer into going into competition. And then I'll specifically yeah. pick to roll with the woman.
1: So for me, I have like my you know main training partner. So she's always going to be the one I grab first because she's the one that you know I do extra sessions with and everything, just the two of us. But overall, um, I don't think that it's necessarily that I definitely want to go with the female, but that I know who I'd want to work with. So, um, you know, even just in drilling, I'll grab the brand new white belt female, but I probably won't grab the brand new white belt dude. You know, like, especially if they, you know, are kind of bigger and stronger and like, maybe have some ego and some things to prove that's probably not the person I'm going to grab to drill with. Um, So it's not necessarily, I mean, I guess it is a little bit gender-based in that manner. Like if there's a female, she doesn't have a partner, I'm the first to grab her. But um, overall, it's more about like who I want to choose to drill with, not based on gender as much. And
2: Jen, just to follow up on that, you said you just grab anyone, right? And and so So I think that's, that's one of the issues that they have is that comfortability with just being able to grab anyone. Mm -hmm. How did, how did you, I mean, you're one stripe white belt. You've not done this for all that long. How did you kind of, how did that kind of come about? Or was it just, it never was a thought
0: for you? It really wasn't a thought. I haven't been around anybody that I've been in class with that I would feel like, Oh, I'm, I don't want to roll with that person. You know, I think everybody's got some pretty good manners. Yeah. And I'm so new at this point still that I'm just, I'm going to go, you know, drill and, and get my roles in and, and just see what happens at this point.
1: I do think that it helps a little bit that uh, Jen attends morning classes primarily. So, the, the group knows each other a lot better mm-hmm. and, you know, there isn't always another female on the mat. So, you know, it just, she never really had that barrier to begin with. Right. Um, so I think that's been helpful where if you come into a class with 30 or 40 people, there may be a little more intimidation there where you're like, okay, I actually know this one female. I'm definitely grabbing her.
3: Right. Yeah. And if you get into uh, like rolling sparring situations, do you have a preference male or female or does it kind of go back to the same competition
0: for me it kind
1: of goes it it kind of just goes back to that for me normal rolling doesn't really matter competition time um i mean you know I'll, i'll train with all the females but i'm actually more apt to go for all the brown and black belt dudes just you know like i'm i know they're less less likely to injure me but i know i can go as hard as i want and try everything I can and they're going to push me and so from a competition standpoint I'm probably stepping up to those guys
3: first Interesting cool yeah That makes sense it's like I grab him and I can go 100% and it doesn't matter and he doesn't
1: right. care Yeah
3: <laughs> Um as far as training um how could guys I think about this a lot with no matter who my training partner is how to be a better training partner cuz nobody wants to be the person nobody wants to train with um, but Specifically with training with women, as far as things like appropriate feedback levels and and realistic attacks and everything, how can guys be the best training partner possible when working with women?
1: <laughs> okay, so um, uh, <laughs> this won't be a, a popular answer. I think, to an extent, um, sometimes we want it both ways as females. <laughs> um, I think that's fair. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, there's a story of James going with a female and her, um, you know, kind of yelling at him to like go harder, like stop, stop be- going so light on her, and so he just picked it up a little bit. And then she was basically like, if you don't stop being so rough on me, like I'm going to kick you, you know, like, yeah. So (laughs) um, I hate to say it, but there is a little bit of like, we want it both ways. We we do want you to go hard with us. It's not necessarily that, you know, we never want you to muscle us or anything like that. I mean, I prefer for you to use technique, but you have muscles. They're going to it's going to happen, you know, but basically just I don't know, just just respect us and train with us. I think that's the biggest thing. It's kind of, it's kind of a tough answer. So,
2: and, you know, when Phil was going with you at origin camp, you know, he kind of turned it down a little bit and and just decided to get loop choked like 15 times. Uh, So (laughs)
1: Thanks, (laughs) Phil. You're, you're a good son.
3: (laughs) Is there anything that guys might be unaware of while training with women that, maybe haven't hasn't I heard you say in one of your episodes like you like the women's classes because you can say something like right across like the bra strap or something
1: right yeah Yeah. I mean that's those are just like kind of silly things like I, I I enjoy teaching the women's class and training in women's classes um because it is a little bit different just in the way we move and um like one thing we were joking uh half guard so from a guy's half guard you have to pass it from a woman's half guard you have to escape it (laughs) because women just like lock you down in their thighs and like live there for the rest of their life (laughs) so you like it just those little funny things that are kind of different but no, I don't think there's necessarily anything that like I can think of that a guy needs to be aware of where the things that you think we notice we don't would be one thing like, you know, like a guy will apologize for something. I'll be like, what is like, oh, I accidentally, you know, brush your boob. It's fine. I didn't notice. Just keep rolling. Like, just go. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's just general awareness and,
0: you know, common courtesy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, too, and, and again, why I don't think about it that much is that is that when we're training, we're training partners. and. Okay. I'm going to do everything I, that I can first to keep myself safe. Right. I mean, that's, that's the number one thing. Keep yourself safe. Second to keep your partner safe. And third is try to try to make the experience that you have with your partner in that, whatever session it is, be 50% about you and 50% about them. In other words, it, so that you both are getting something and getting better whenever you're training Jiu Jitsu. So I think that, that answer makes a lot of sense. and. And maybe, maybe if people uh, thought less about it, it might make more sense as well.
1: Yeah. One thing I will say is I, I'm a female, I'm emotional. Sometimes I'll cry. Like, and unless I ask you to stop, don't stop. Like, keep rolling. I, I got shark tanked for 20 minutes leading up to a tournament one time, and I literally cried for 19 minutes of it. And I just was like, you know, everybody that came up to me was like, you okay? Yeah, just go. I'm, I'm going to keep crying. Just keep going. So First that would all, be that's
2: my kryptonite, AJ. If a woman would cry <laughs> whenever, whenever uh, I was sparring with her, I'd be like, okay, I'm out. I'm, I'm not, this, is, this is not how it's
1: going to go. But it, I mean, if, you know, like for me, I was like, I'm fine. Just keep going. I can't control right now my emotions, but I've got to be able to do my jujitsu through any emotion. So. Oh, wow. Got to keep going.
2: I've never had that. I'm well,
1: I, It was embarrassing. Like I was definitely embarrassed, but also proud of myself that I didn't quit and very thankful for my team for not stopping, like for, for continuing to push me.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. I think I, I think and thank you for you know, kind of sharing so freely with us about that. Because that that can be embarrassing, right? I mean yeah. and and uh and if anything, that's what Phil and I've done with this entire podcast is that that listen, we do stupid stuff all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess what we want to share it with everyone because if someone's out there thinking, well, oh gosh, I, I did this and I don't know if anyone's ever yeah, they have. It's right. Not new. Someone's yep. done.
1: It of course. Someone else watched YouTube to tie their belt in their car. I mean. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can't.
3: Um, advice on how? Hey, all right. So I guess this. I don't know. If it's going to come up if somebody's kind of a jerk. I guess. Um, but if it seems like certain guys don't want to roll or train with women, how do you handle that?
1: So um, when let's start. From the other side, when I have a female come in for the first time, I explain to her that it is her journey, right? Um, She's always able to say no to a role. Um, I encourage her to roll with every female and typically guys with color on their belt, until they know a white belt guy, like once they know him and they know that he's safe or they get the nod from me like, yeah, he's safe. He's good. Um, but at any point in time, if they don't feel comfortable rolling, they can say no. Um, and I give them various ways to say no, because unfortunately, as females, we're not always good at saying no. <laughs> so I give them tips on how to say no, like um, having another partner set up already. Um, just saying you have to go to the bathroom or you need to round out or whatever. But I think it would be very hypocritical of me to not give guys that same explanation. It is, it is your guys's journey. If you don't feel comfortable rolling with me, That's your choice. Um, Now, I can't say that on occasion I haven't been butthurt about it. (laughs) Like Ask a guy to roll and he's just like, nope. (laughs) you know, like so, you know, like sometimes I'm like, well, that's kind of rude. But um, I don't know his reasoning and it's his journey, like whether it's for religious reasons or, you know, his wife or girlfriend doesn't want him rolling with females or maybe he knows himself and he knows he tends to injure girls or whatever it is. I don't care. That's it's your choice as much it is as it is my choice of who I want to roll with.
2: Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point. You know, it is no matter who it is, no matter who you are, it is your choice and it is your campaign to yep. go through, and you have to you have to weigh the risk versus benefit in both situations. And I will also say, you know, uh, for from a a, a man's perspective for some men that ego of a woman being better than them at something is something that's insurmountable for them and they can't take that. So therefore they don't roll. Um, uh, it's just, I, I find it, um, I find it hard to believe in this day and age that that is the case, but it is the case. You see it on forums all the time. You know, you you see it on, on various internet forums that I'm on because I'm on every jiu-jitsu forum that there is, um, <laughs> and, and you see this come up all the time. and And again, it's something that I haven't given ten seconds of thought to, other than that time of spending reading that thread,
1: right? Right. And, uh, you know, I'll ask everyone to roll. I, just in Vegas last weekend, um, and there there was a guy that straight up said no to me, like, uh, and I was just like, OK. And, you know, so now I try and find somebody else to roll with quickly because the time's running up. Um, But, uh, you know, if, if somebody says no, I just have to respect that. Like, no matter what his reasoning was, he may have watched me roll somebody else and been like, she's murdering him. Maybe I don't want to go with him <laughs> or go with her. <laughs> I don't know. No, no,
3: thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's great that's also again something I hadn't even it's never crossed my mind. And when I hear people or read people talk about it or I hear the, the questions asked, I'm just kind of surprised that it's a it's a thing. Yeah.
2: And, yeah. and, and you know, to be fair too, you know, some religions don't allow Absolutely. that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> that was the very first time a guy told me no. I was so offended, like, how dare he not roll with me? You know, like, I just really thought that he was, you know, like, must be his ego. Not that I could beat him because he was definitely better than me. But like, my thought process was like, oh, because I'm a girl, you don't want to train with me. Um, And then later, somebody is like, oh, you know, his religious or his religion doesn't allow for that. And I was like, I'm such a jerk. And so it really opened up my mind. I mean, really like it. And, and, you know, I didn't react to him at all. all of that stuff was in my head. But still, like, you know. I felt like a jerk for it. And so it really opened my mind to it. It it gets to be your choice as much as it gets to be mine.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I think that we all have to um, take a step back, especially, I don't, I don't think I've ever had anyone refuse a role with me. Um, But I think that I would have to take a step back and say, what's going on with that person? Because I don't I don't think it would be a, a me problem because I know I'm a good training partner. I mean i I, I actively try to seek how right. to be better at yeah. doing that. And um and so so you have to kind of take everyone has to kind of take a step back and say, okay, hey, there's a reason for this, but sometimes it's still I, I think it was still would get in your head on that. So. Yeah.
1: I would like to go back to you being a good training partner because uh listening to your podcast, like I really aspire to be as good at like welcoming new people as you are like i i try to be but like when you guys were talking about you getting their phone number and if they're you know like have been out or something like <laughs> hey you coming to class like where you been <laughs> taking them to dinner whatever <laughs> <Phil is> saying. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i think that's amazing and i think everyone should aspire to be more like that like we all need that person on the mat for sure
3: He'll see somebody that hasn't been there in six months post like a fishing trip picture and be like, we miss you at jujitsu.
1: Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that. I mean, I feel like I try to do that a lot, but I, you know, I aspire to do more of that.
2: it's <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to hearken back uh, to whenever I was three years old. Okay. And this is, a, this is a, a story. My mother told one of my coworkers and, and, uh, she said, my, the co-worker said, has Jeff always been like this? He'll talk to anybody. He doesn't care who it is. And she goes, well, I'll tell you. When he was three years old at the baseball field, he would just go up to strangers and go, hey, my name's Jeff Boone. How are you? <laughs> and so I would just introduce myself and just start talking to random strangers, uh, you know, at a very young age. So I don't really know any, any difference.
1: I and
3: like her. that. Phil, so weird. Phil is the <laughs> absolute opposite. I have no idea how
1: he does it. <laughs> Me at three, I would walk up and go, do you want to see my dance? And then perform my whole dance in front of them <laughs> all the
0: time. <laughs> I think I would have been hiding under the bleachers, not talking to anyone. <laughs>
1: you and Phil both hiding right. under the bleachers. <laughs>
0: we would just sit there not talking
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so jen i know you got you kind of recapped your uh your tournament um the experience on beauty and the gee but i'd like to go back to that cuz i think it's it, it's really interesting i think that um i think that you have an interesting perspective on it and also uh trying to delve into the questions and try to see the similarities and the differences in in what someone you know, from my perspective, whenever I did my first tournament to a female perspective on when they did their first tournament, whether it's more similar than, than dissimilar or not. So kind of take us through that for, you know, your, your preparation and whenever you got there and, and, and sort of the emotion that you were going through in that uh, process.
0: Well, the big goal for me was to just not cry. I wanted, I wanted to at least look like i somewhat knew what i was doing and just not go out there and embarrass myself was the big thing you know training going into it we worked a lot um aj helped me a lot with what is my game plan what can i do what at this point having you know trained for about six months roughly what could i actually go there and and maybe execute um so that was that was a lot of it, and then just really drilling it and drilling it at at every class. So that was probably the biggest preparation.
1: Okay, you I hear that, Phil. What is your game plan? That was an important part of her preparation.
2: Thank you for God's sake.
0: I'm not a- <laughs> your
1: mother says you need a game plan.
2: <laughs> okay. This
1: is your mother, Phil.
0: <laughs> but that really helped me too because then I at least when I hit the mat. Well, and we kind of one day. AJ walked us through, this is what it's like. This is, you know, when you go on the mat, this is exactly what's going to happen. And just having that, I felt like I was, I just at least felt prepared. Like, okay, I've been here before. So this is, this isn't going to be anything new. There's not going to be any surprises. I know what to expect when I walk out there.
2: So you knew to expect the butterflies, the, you know, the, the extreme anxiety before And then whenever, whenever you, you know, you slapped and bumped and, and started, did all that go away?
0: No, it amped up (laughs) big time. Yeah, it, it definitely, it, it amped up and I don't, I don't feel like I ever really got settled, settled into it. And then I was down and I was just trying to stay alive.
2: That's the first tournament jitters. Uh, Phil, Phil was couldn't terrible. Phil couldn't feel his hands after like the first thirty seconds <laughs> of his first tournament. Nah, everything, everything broke. My brain. Everything <laughs> broke. <laughs> and and so so I want to I want to come back and, and like have a follow up comment to. I didn't want to embarrass myself because and I'm going to go back to to Phil's. Was it the last tournament, or the tournament before last? where you got submitted in. I think it was the, the tournament, tournament before. Tournament before last. last. Yeah. So so Phil's biggest concern for embarrassment was that he was going to go out and get submitted immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. What happened? I, I did that. I accomplished my goal.
1: <laughs> put it, you put it out there in the world.
2: He <laughs> went out and got straight ankle locked right off the gate. He had a horrible guard pull. Worst. It's terrible. Oh, terrible. No. I've never seen a guard pull, pull that was worse.
1: <laughs> That's a tense. Great, wow.
2: great. <laughs> yeah, and and so and then as a follow up to that, he then it was a round robin style tournament, so he had to go with that person again, and then s- submitted them within one minute of each of the two additional matches that he had with them. and and the the point of the story is, um, it's only embarrassing for you. It's not right. embarrassing. It's not embarrassing for me. Like I didn't care that Phil got submitted in 30 seconds, and 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 I don't care what place I get in the tournament necessarily. You know, I'm going to try my best and, and do that. But I know that others don't either. You know, because the conversation, and I've said it before, it goes like this: uh, Hey, Phil, how did the tournament go? I lost. Oh, cool. Well, you try. That's it. That's the conversation. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right. You
2: know, and and nobody think nobody ever gives it really a second thought um, after that, other than you.
0: Right. Uh, Right.
2: Which gave me an interesting perspective. And one of the reasons that I sought that um, deep meditation, I don't know if you guys heard that one, but I went to uh, get hypnotized. It's really just meditation. And it, it literally not only helped me in the tournament I went to, but it also helped me in life in general, you know, explaining that you have control over the, the level of emotion or the level of, of um, intensity that you bring to whatever conversation or situation that you're in. So, um, so yeah, don't ever be embarrassed by getting submitted and, Thirty seconds or
3: or anything, it happens. It happens to everybody. So, yeah. and right after that match, John, uh, our coach instructor, he just he did tell me, "Watch out for the straight ankle lock." So,
1: <laughs> hindsight, <laughs> hindsight. Yeah,
3: because the next one was like thirty seconds after yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Thanks, appreciate <laughs>
0: <it>. <laughs> What was helpful for me too is that the matches were videotaped, and well. Not video. I just showed my (laughs) age, didn't I? Not taped. Videoed, but not taped?
1: Yeah. Recorded. Whatever. Recorded. Thank you. Thank you. It's fine. We're old. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't listen, Phil. I had a camcorder
0: there. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) But we, um, it, it was nice to be able to go through that with AJ after the tournament and look at you know, what, what I could have done better, maybe what I did right. Um, So that was definitely the biggest benefit for me of actually competing.
2: Did you, uh, because this has happened before to me, to Phil, but when you watch the videotape, you're like, I don't recall any of that sequence. I mean, it's happened to me. I was like, I had no idea what I was doing there.
0: There were some things that I remembered and then some things that were, you know, a big surprise. When I saw it, watched it back for the first time.
1: (laughs) I definitely have a hard time remembering, like, my matches in the middle. Although James is the exact opposite. And he can tell you every second of the match with a play-by-play. Of his own, of someone else's, doesn't matter. He, like, remembers it every second.
3: I could see that. I could definitely see that. Crazy. (laughs) I noticed that when when he was uh, going over... When, I think the takedown, right? Mm-hmm. He was, yeah. just, he was like, talking about how he got into a takedown and it was so detailed that it was almost like instructional level detail of like what everybody's doing but it was yep. like a real-time black belt match and it's just funny that he has that like memory of it's each crazy. small grip.
1: Yeah, it's that's
2: because he's much better jujitsu than all of us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> that's what I'm going to go with. Maybe when we're much better jujitsu, that we'll have that same recall, but not right now.
1: Probably not. <laughs> I'll be so old by then. <laughs> i don't have any memory. Who are you?
2: <laughs> what did you say, Phil? About about
3: my jujitsu? Whenever. Oh, he's good. He he did it at a good time because now he's like pretty big and strong. And by the time he's old and frail, he'll be good at jujitsu. <laughs> so stop relying on his strength. <laughs> that's my goal. So
2: <laughs> that's my goal to be old, frail, and good at jujitsu.
1: Alio style. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, James's professor, Anibal Braga. He's about 60, I think. He's an eighth degree coral belt. And I mean, like, he kind of looks frail but still just murders people. <laughs> so it's really cool to watch him.
2: That's crazy. So so Jen AJ, is there anything else like we, we want to educate, you know, the 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 consumers of of the podcast and in, in that. Is there anything that we didn't kind of ask about that you think, hey, you know, here this is how this is how um someone can be a training partner? girl or a guy, specifically if it's a guy with with uh, a woman, is there anything that you can think of that, that really would be a, a top tip that would really help someone that was struggling with this?
1: Um, I'm going to make the tip still kind of in a, in a co-ed manner. If you're higher rank, bigger, stronger, all of the things, don't start on top you know what I mean? Like maybe it, it with a brand new person, start with them in your guard, let them work on passing. And um, whenever I start with a, like a new person, I'm always like, okay, you're going to start in my guard. Your job is to pass. My job is to knock you over. Basically, I'm just going to knock you over. You're going to get your base back, get back up. Like, and so for five minutes, that that's always their first role with me is just me taking their base out from underneath them, letting them get back in guard, taking it out from underneath them, letting them get back. But you know, if you're bigger, stronger, higher rank, just starting, or, you know, like and somebody's just starting, you don't have to smash them. Just let them work a little bit.
2: No, now, protect they- yourself,
1: <laughs> protect yourself for sure. But, you know, let them work the move.
2: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fantastic advice. And that's actually some advice. I can't remember where I got it, but at, at around four or five months into jujitsu, I just, you know, and I'm a bigger guy and, and w- was a wrestler. And so my top game getting up was I, I had a pressure top game from the very beginning. Not that I was any good at it, but, uh, but then I just, I, I heard that advice at one point in time and I completely switched. And now I'm a guard player. I love it. I yeah. love playing guard now, which awesome. I couldn't imagine whenever I started with jujitsu.
1: Yeah. That's awesome.
3: Jen, anything from your perspective?
0: Not really. I think you pretty much covered
3: that. So and we talk about the benefits all the time that we get out of uh, jiu I'm pretty sure they're probably all the same. But what would you tell females thinking about starting, whether it's for self-defense or exercise or anything?
0: I just feel better in general and more confident in myself since I started. And I'm feeling stronger. <laughs> oh yeah. I've been told I give better hugs now too. Yeah. There's that. <laughs>
2: good. That's good. And, and so, you know, going with the beauty and the ghee on the mat, off the mat or yeah. on the mat.
1: We would like yeah, Yeah. We would like your recommendations. We always do um, like what to try on the mat and what to try off the mat. So if you want to give us your, what to try on the mat this week,
2: I'm going to go back to what you just said earlier. AJ, and it goes along with this, and that's uh, on the mat, respecting your training partners. And if you're that bigger, stronger, more advanced person to start in, and I I would, I'm going to take it a step further, not even start with them in your guard, start with them in a dominant position, let them get mount, let them get side mount, let them get half guard, whatever you're working on. So on the mat, that's what I'm suggesting.
1: Good. What about off the mat? Do you have a suggestion for what to try off the mat? 100%.
2: 100%. This is something that, um, that I implemented very early on because I was very sore from doing jujitsu because I was overweight and I was really going at it hard. Off the mat, take anti-inflammatories, not NSAIDs. I'm th- talking about natural anti-inflammatories and that's things like ginger, turmeric, So use your supplements out there to help you recover and help you to stay on the mat and do the mat. A lot of people ask, Jeff, Phil, how do you guys train five or six days a week? It wouldn't be possible without that turmeric, that ginger. I'd take a a plethora of other um, things like krill oil, um, DPC, a lot of different stuff. But that's my off the mat suggestion is just supplement so that you can do it and do it naturally. Um, so that you can really, uh, stay good to be on and off the mat or off the mat.
3: Good. Good. Uh, anything you want to talk about? Cause I was trying to, uh, I shared it on our Facebook page, but you did the role models women camp last year. Yeah. Uh, and if you're obviously going to do another one, um, any news information you can give people about that
1: oh my god i'm so excited okay so um i'm a crazy person and before camp was even over i was planning next year's camp so next year's uh role model women's only camp in indianapolis will be may 1st through the 3rd um i expect i really expect to hit at least 200 women there um And we've got some pretty uh, impressive things planned uh, and we already have all of the instructors lined up and everything, but I'm not going to announce them yet, (laughs) but we have a a planning committee put together. We are going to do some next gen stuff, which I'm really excited about. Basically, we're going to welcome in some younger girls. Um, I think we'll probably start them at like eight years old and do like an eight to 14 section. um, So they'll have their own stuff and we haven't talked about that yet to the public so that's exclusive here for you guys <laughs> but that way um not only can moms bring their daughters but also you know just girls that do jujitsu can come in and and join in the role model camp so super excited
2: no that's awesome you can't uh, wait for that and tell tell the audience how they can find you
1: so um for me personally AJ Klingerman on everything, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I have a Twitter, haven't opened it in a million years, but we do have Twitter for Beauty and the Gee, right? We do, yes. 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 okay. And we have Instagram as well. Um, and that's Beauty and the Gee podcast. Yeah, AJ Klingerman on YouTube as well. So I'm pretty much me everywhere you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm on Instagram at Brassy Broad Jen.
2: Brassy Broad Jen. Yep.
3: Uh, and Phil, tell the folks how they can support us. Uh, dot com, Facebook dot com slash BJJ Campaign Podcast, Instagram, YouTube, all the good stuff, and uh, shirts and patches are still for sale. Big time special on shirts and patches, right? right. Combo pack thirty five bucks it.
2: shipping included. And with that, thank you guys so much for being here. I, I hope both of our audiences really like this because I really enjoyed this podcast. Yeah, and thank you, if guys. yeah, thanks yeah. Not a pleasure. And if you're not out there doing something better each and every day, get out there and do it. Me, AJ, Jen, Phil, we choose jujitsu. jitsu We hope you do too.
1: Please like, subscribe, whatever it is to the podcast and share it with your friends. Uh, this is a great one to share because it gives a good explanation of, you know, rolling with the opposite sex. So please share it. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And we'll see you. On, on the bat.